you know, as Christians, we have to understand and, and be real with where we are. That's what we have to see first, individually. And what where our mindset is and what we desire. Airing the Addisons. I think what God is really calling us back to, it's those individual personal revivals in our own lives where we're like, oh Lord, what have we done? We have minimized you. Promoting truth, wisdom, and empowerment. As the church, man, we should be on the forefront of making disciples, of indoctrination in godly things. If we don't train our kids, they will not be able to stand. Uh Uh-oh. Uh-oh. Erin Addison. On American Family Radio, we are still here at still here. the Refuge in North Carolina. Summer camp. Oh man, it's summer <laughs> camp 2023. Yes. And um it's been really good. Yeah. I have to say it's it's been so good and I've been so encouraged mm-hmm. by the youth who are here mm-hmm. and the kinds of conversations that we're having and we thought since we're broadcasting from the Refuge in North Carolina um and we're we're kind of out in the middle of Somewhere, somewhere, it's somewhere, right? Yeah. Um, and you know, there's a lot of things that sketchy. By the way, if you're watching video live, we apologize. We're roughing it, okay? So, we <laughs> are, we are in a cabin here, and um, and and also our internet is um, a first world luxury. It's summer camp. It's uh, summer camp. Internet. Summer camp. Internet. <laughs> Sumternet is what it is. <laughs> right. Okay. Uh, so anyway, so if it goes out, just bear with us. We'll throw up a still and we'll keep broadcasting by God's grace. Yeah. Uh, but man, this is an apologetics camp and we have committed to spending a week of teaching young people between the ages of 13 and 18, 19. Mm-hmm. And then we've got camp counselors right. who are college students who are here. We've also got some um, lifeguards. We've got so many people who are here um, that we really wanted to equip with um, a defense for the faith, a yeah. reasoned defense for the faith. And one of the things that we began with, so on the first night we were talking about how we get to giving a defense for the faith Mm -hmm. and talking about the ways that the faith um, has really come under attack. And here's the thing that I think we often overlook and I think that we don't realize about our kids, that they are absorbing the messages from the culture in rapid, like, ways like yeah. maybe rapid ways and that's not the way to say it. what am i saying they're they're okay I'm, there's a way that i'm trying to <laughs> explain that it, that they are quickly absorbing the messages around them and that it's really sinking in and i think we think that they will be impervious to those messages like oh they'll mm. hear it but they won't really process those messages for what they really are yeah and so on the first evening as we were talking even about the creation account and talking about the evidence for the truth of the bible and we talked about that yesterday and some more today, evidence for the truth of the Bible, that the scriptures are reliable. And we talked mm. about Job and what you can read. If you read through the book of Job, how you can see the wisdom of God in Job before mm. even some of the disciplines uh, came to be, some of the studies of science and some of the studies of zoology, how before we had even some of these things, Job, because it is God's book, because he is the author, he reveals things that only God could know. Amen. Right. And we are we are late to the party and discovering these things. (laughs) And one of the things that really stood out to me was getting some feedback from some of the campers because we're getting feedback in real time, which is really neat. Yeah. Right. Like they're not just going home to process, which I believe and I hope and I pray that there will continue to be processing around what we're talking about. Yeah. But we're also able to get some feedback. And one of the campers said, this is totally different from anything that I'm being taught in school right now. Wow. And we know that. I we mean, know that. <laughs> we know that's true. But it's, it's cool to see 
uh, to make the connections as the word is being spoken, you know, and seeing in the word from the word of God, you know, what truth is, yes. you know, as opposed to what's being taught in the schools and the culture. You know, and um, also just seeing them taking notes and, and being able to say, this is what I learned. This yes. is what I learned from yes. this talk, you know. And uh, so they're, they're listening actively. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I feel like there's a lot of things that are being implemented even right now. You know, I was sitting in on one of those uh, small groups and, man, I can't tell you how many times it was a, couple, a few times that um, just the, 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 the word about, um, you know, uh, your life being such that it invokes a question of why you are how you are. Yeah. You know that man, just seeing a difference in like, man, I, my life should be uh, making that question possible where I can share the, oh. the good news and the gospel, you know? And so I feel like um, what is being taught, what is being said is being taken seriously. Amen. And man, the awesome thing about that is, is I feel like to equip, this generation with the truth. Yes. They can go and 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 and, and preach it and teach it and, and and share it. Because the thing is, they have a lot of things coming at them, mm-hmm. like you said. But if we equip them with the truth of God's word, they're able Amen. to answer those questions. Amen. If they feel certain about the word, if they feel confident right. that they can put their full weight down on me, it. What they have come to is not a collection of fables mm-hmm. or a collection of man's thoughts, like that that just good men wrote the Bible. Right. And you have to think about the danger of that, that some of those those um, philosophies are out there that our kids would be told, well, you know, it's a, it's a good book mm-hmm. that good men wrote the Bible. And you and I were talking about this ahead of uh, camp, that that can't possibly be true mm. because good men wouldn't write something that would lead to so many people's, like, murders Mm. right like good men wouldn't write Mm. something that if it's not true and they just made it up people are adhering to these teachings and people are living by this and dying by this so it wouldn't be good men right Mm. and then great theologian um oh my goodness um uh oh i'm forgetting the last name oh goodness it'll come to me in just a second here but also made the case that uh but it also couldn't be evil men that wrote the Bible because they wouldn't expose themselves in this way and call out the sin that they commit. Mm. Yeah. So, so yeah. it can't be good Either men way. that wrote it. Yeah. Right. And it can't be bad men that wrote it. So the only other logical option is that God wrote it <laughs> and he told us the truth about who he is. That's and he right. told us the truth about who we are. Yeah. And he told us the truth about our sin that separates us from us or separates us from him and mm. our great need for a savior. Mm. And that he's provided that for us. And when you teach this to kids, when you teach this to youth, look, okay, when you teach this to adults, Mm -hmm. this changes the way we approach God's word. That's right. Because we are not approaching a book that contains the words of God. We are approaching God's word, and there's a big difference in that. And I think that one of the things that we have observed in our culture, in our churches today, Mm -hmm. even in our church culture, Mm -hmm. is that the power and the authority of God's word has been diminished, and there's a reason for that. James Garlow in the book that I refer to so often, it's one of my favorite church history books, How God Saves Civilization. James Garlow said, for if belief in the scriptures as the final authority of faith and practice is abandoned, the church loses touch with the word of God and will no longer be reformed by its power. Let Mm. me read that again. For if belief in the scriptures as the final authority of faith and practice is abandoned, The church loses touch with the word of God and will no longer be reformed by its power. And what we are seeing today in our churches and in our homes, 
those that profess Christ, is that we are seeing that the scriptures have been abandoned as the final authority mm. for faith and practice. And so now we don't see lives transformed as those lives should be transformed. But I think there's an even bigger problem. And I want to spend some time talking about this in the segment. In the second segment, um, we're going to have uh, Dr. Nurse Mama on with us, Dr. <laughs> Jessica Peck yeah. on with us. Um, but I think we have, a, we have a big problem in even the acquisition of knowledge. So like we are teaching apologetics this weekend. We are teaching um, a defense for the faith, a reasoned defense for why we believe what we believe. But one of the things, and this is kind of what you began with, Will the Great, one of the things that I think is so important is that we cannot just pump our kids with knowledge and a defense, but not challenge them to live a life that provokes that question. That's right. That's so right. even in all of these things that we are talking about, we yeah. send our kids to apologetics camps, and I think that's great. We teach apologetics in our churches, and I think that's great. We purchase the videos. I think that's excellent. We read the books even better. Mm -hmm. But the problem is people are not asking us about our faith. Mm -hmm. So what we end up doing is just debating apologetics among ourselves. Mm. Mm. Right. We, we, who, we, can, who knows? The who most knows and, more? Like yeah. who knows the most? Who who can let's let's outdo one another? Right. And then we, we want to get into talking about all of the arguments. We, you know, erroneously start outside of scripture, making an argument, a case for Christianity. I say start with God's word. It's reliable. Mm. It's it's the starting point. It declares itself to be God's word. But the problem is, we end up debating each other back and forth and trying to flash how much we know. Yeah. When really, and it was Anselm who, if you look at church history uh, in the Middle Ages, it was Anselm who was known as the father of scholasticism, that he said, I seek to know because I believe. Mm. But we have flipped apologetics and we have made mm. it one of those things that like, if you can convince people, then they will believe. Anselm, who was brilliant in giving a defense for why the God man, those are the kinds of things that he wrote. Why did Jesus have to be God? Why? Like, mm. there's a reason we can give an answer for that. But here is what he said, and essentially what he was saying is that apologetics is not going to make converts, but converts will seek to know why they believe what they believe. Mm. So apologetics was not meant to be the on-ramp, like, hey, come and be, no, the gospel, present the gospel. Do you yeah. understand what I'm saying? Yeah. And so I think with our kids, what we have done is we have said things to them like, man, you gotta be able to give a reasoned defense You've got to be able to give a reason for the hope that lies within you. And so our kids have bought that for those for whom it's true. They've bought that and they've sought to be able to give a defense. Mm -hmm. But the problem is now they're just debating among themselves wow. and they're just kind of flashing knowledge among themselves. And why is that happening? The reason that is happening is because largely, and this is unfortunate, our kids are living like much of the world around them. So they're not really provoking the question from an unbeliever. Mm. They're not provoking that question from someone for whom it might mean their eternity. Mm -hmm. So it's just everybody who has like an overabundance of knowledge. Mm. What I would like to see and what we're really focusing on this weekend is connecting a disciplined life for the believer, connecting a life that looks like what we talk about in debate. Yeah. Right. Yeah. With the knowledge, mm -hmm. with the evidence for our faith and why? Because when you combine those things, it this is why Peter says, be ready, mm -hmm. like be ready for what? Be ready for people to be observing your life and then come to you with a question about why you're doing that. So we That's talked right. about what it looks like to, to be an employee. Right. And, and you man, we got some teenagers. So so you got some some teens who like they may be working their first job. Mm hmm. You know, maybe Mr. Jenkins, who employs them down at the that the local, you know, ice cream shop doesn't even really like teenagers. Maybe he's allergic to them, but they work <laughs> for cheap. 
<laughs> and so he brings him on and, and, and he's just, he's just lighting into you day in and day out. We talk about this. What does the Bible teach you about how you respond to Mr. Jenkins? Yeah. This is where practical apologetics comes into play. Yeah. yeah. Right. Where you, Everyday you get, life. it's a practical reason defense for yes. why you live the way you live. Yes. So yes. Mr. Jenkins is breathing down your neck, telling you that ice cream scoop is crooked. <laughs> he's breathing down your neck telling you, and so so but you respond by submitting to his authority soft answer and you know submitting to authority that that will uh invoke the question yes like why are you like why are you not getting upset you know what what's what's different about you yeah. and that's that's the on ramp that you need right there to present why and you yeah. know the thing that I love and and that I really appreciate about this group of campers as we're getting to know them as the days continue to go on you feel more and more like you know the people that mm -hmm. you're laboring among uh, getting as we had this afternoon to to sit in on some of the groups and to sit with them at lunch and mm -hmm. and just to have some conversations with them about their hopes and their desires um dreams that the Lord has given them things that they want to do you know I mean man <laughs> our kids are dynamic yeah. they are dynamic and and they really have this desire to be used by the Lord to make a difference in their generation. Like, and, and that's not just a uh, slogan, mm. you know what I mean? For, for them, that's not a bumper sticker and that's not, a, that's not a selling point for a conference for them. That's really what they desire. Yeah. And so when we show up and we meet them there, man, we're really putting in valuable work, Amen. you know, valuable work. One of the things I really appreciate as we're talking to them about so many of these examples, just making the Bible real. Like last night you talked to them um, about running to win. Mm -hmm. Man, they loved it. Mm -hmm. I, I man, and and I thought it was so cool because I, I I could see them connecting with the content. And then this morning, as I continued talking about the reliability of the scriptures, and mm -hmm. so I I asked them as you did, okay, so tell me some things that you guys learned last night, you know. And man, they start rattling off like yeah. great yeah. portions of your message mm -hmm. from last night, mm -hmm. and they're rattling off the things that really resonated with yeah. them. Amen. Man, it was sound stuff. And I'm just like, man, the Lord has given us some incredible assets and some incredible tools in our children. Mm -hmm. You know, and what I mean, when I say that, I mean for advancing the kingdom. That's right. Our kids should not be overlooked in advancing the kingdom. Yes, there's value. Of course, we want to teach adults and we want adults to do the things that God, everybody should really be working to do what God's called them to do. But when we jump over our kids, because we don't see that as like, you know, that's, that's not real. I mean, they, they've got time. No, they, they actually don't. Mm. Their worldview is decided and hardened by 13. Wow. So yeah. if, if that's the case, then, then what are we doing in the years leading up to that? And oh, then certainly, important. oh yeah. my goodness, yeah. this is, this is life shaping yes. for them. Yes. So we're happy to be here. We're going to take the break. This is Aaron the Addison's on American Family Radio. We'll be right back with Dr. Jessica Peck. So stay right there. I'm a citizen of that place where my mission is. That drives us, though sometimes we get tired like Michelin's. If they listen in, they might say not this again. Here go the secrets to my biggest wins. Welcome back to Aaron the Addison's on American Family Radio. We are broadcasting live and direct from the refuge in Aiden, North Carolina. This is Eastern North Carolina, yes. and uh, we're excited to be here. It's Camp 2023, and so mm -hmm. our focus this entire week is on talking about our youth and talking about how we can serve them well for the glory of God, mm -hmm. recognizing that, man, these little people, like, they have some big thoughts, right? Oh, like, huge. there are things that they're going through that they are enduring 
And we mm. would do well to make ourselves familiar with those things yes. and respond. Yes. And so joining us in this segment is Dr. Nurse Mama, one of my fast favorite friends here, <laughs> <laughs> Dr. Jessica Peck, uh, just recently was at our Marriage Family Life Conference yes. and really impacting our youth and our youth apologetics track, talking about some of the really big issues. Um, I know as our kids were a part of that track that, man, they had some great questions. And I think even our Gabby was able to go out and, and talk with Dr. Peck uh, afterwards and just kind of really get clarity because there's so many issues that our kids are facing. And so we invited her on to talk with us in this segment about why it's so important for us to respond to the needs of our kids. Uh, she's a podcaster. She's a writer. Um, she's impacting culture and impacting lives in incredible ways through her practice and through teaching. And um, we're excited to have her on mm -hmm. with us today. Dr. Peck, thank you so much for joining us. Well, hey, friends, thank you so much for having me. I'm so looking forward to talking to you. And let me tell you, camp is one of my favorite things ever. I volunteer every year as a camp nurse, and I think it's an experience every kid should have. So I'm so happy to hear about the experience that you're having this week. Awesome. Oh, that's great. I didn't I didn't know that that was something that you were also involved in. Talk a little bit about that. Share some of your experiences. Camp is different because it almost kind of creates like this um, this controlled environment for content. Right. And, and there are incredible decisions yes. that are made for Christ at mm. camp. So talk a little bit about your experience with that. Well, I think camp is so great because it's an opportunity to step outside the pace of living at the speed of a smartphone. And you mm. can just let the noise kind of fade away. And mm. you have that focus. A lot of times there's no phones. You're doing physical right. activity. And especially mm -hmm. now, you know, I see a lot of kids who who um, you know, are just play, doing a lot of watching TV or screen time yeah. or video games. And it's just a time to do something different. Step out of your comfort zone, have an adventure, see some nature, make some new friends, and to mm -hmm. really focus on your year ahead. Be reflective yeah. about the year you've had. How have you grown? What have you learned? And what do you want to do in that time to come? And it just feels like a safe place to make a scary leap of faith. You know, also in this environment, um, we learn because we're kind of up close and personal with kids. We're spending more time with kids than we normally would. You know, it's not just sort of the, hey, evening youth group service and then everybody goes and you don't see them for a whole week. But this is every day right. that you're spending time and you're talking and you start to learn very quickly that there are other issues going on that, yeah, we want to fortify our kids with truth and we want to make sure that they can um, be able to defend the faith. But there are emotional issues. There are issues going on with them that I think for so many of us adults, they are living in a time that it's difficult for us to connect with. I know that in the work that you do and the research that you've conducted and the things that you write about, you've been able to put your finger on some of these issues that are really affecting our youth today. I'm hoping that you'll talk about that in an encouraging way for parents. Like, what are the things that we need to watch out for? I'm thinking specifically in the area of mental health, because it is such a big issue mm -hmm. that's plaguing our kids today. It is such a big issue. And every day I'm meeting kids and families behind closed doors who are at a point of crisis that they just never saw coming. And the problem is in previous generations, we could kind of anticipate what teens were going to face. All mm -hmm. teens are going to face peer pressure. All teens are going to face, you know, self-confidence problems where, you know, you just don't, no teenager, you know, in those early stages of junior high, like that's just not an easy phase for anybody. But mm -hmm. the challenges that teens are facing today, we did not face as parents. 
So we cannot adequately anticipate those and prepare our kids to meet them. So what I'm seeing is a lot of happening after the fact, conversation Mm -hmm. after something harmful has already happened. And Mm -hmm. so as parents, we really need to partner our old school skills with their Mm -hmm. new world view to make an effective partnership so there's an open door. They can come to us early and often and tell us, hey, these are the things we're facing. These are the things that, you know, I'm not sure about. These are the things I want to ask you about. And then we can navigate those together. And, you know, like I think with my own teens, I've got four kids, 20, 18, 16, and 14. So I'm doing this every single day. And, you know, Mm -hmm. when they come to me with a problem, I may not know everything I need to know about something like pornography or sexting, but I know how to know it. I know mm. how to navigate the resources that they need and give them that biblical wisdom, and they can give me their on-the-ground experience, and it's only through forging that partnership through parent and teen that you're going to make it out okay, because the mm. number one predictor of resilience and facing challenges and adversity is meaningful connection to an adult relationship in your life. So I really encourage kids to think about who are the five people in your life that you really need in your circle. And parents should welcome those in your circle. You need someone Mm -hmm. who's going to pray for you, who you can just text, no questions asked, just say, hey, I need some prayer today. Mm -hmm. I have a test today. I have a tough friend situation. You need someone who's going to give you wise counsel. You need someone, a friend who's wildly unimpressed with you and knows the real, (laughs) real you. you These are people that you really need in your life for connection. And hopefully for most kids, that's going to be their parents. But if it's not their parent, who else in their life can they connect to to go to for that kind of counsel and advice? You know, it's interesting because we have to say, hopefully that's going to be the parent What we recognize in our culture increasingly is that there has been almost a foster disconnect from parents. It's something that's fed by the culture. It's something Mm -hmm. that's reinforced on social media, a wrestling away of kids from their parents. And I I don't mean physically, I mean emotionally and I mean mentally. And it's almost as if our common enemy recognizes that parents serve a vital role in their kids' lives. And so talk about the ways that parents can be intentional in overcoming that divide because the divide exists but we are not left sort of to our own devices that there are tools that we can utilize to bridge that gap that is increasing between parents and kids oh will and miki i feel so so passionate about this so here's the truth in the culture wars Culture is fighting to win win the mind of your child. They want to control how they think. They want to control their consumer habits. They want to control how they view the world. They want to to control their political mindset. But here's the here's the kicker. Here here's the spoiler. No one in culture is competing for the heart of your teen. And the mm. secret happens through the building that heart connection. If you focus on building a relationship between parents and kids, then that's something that culture can't overcome to win their mind. And so that's where we have to have an offensive strategy. Culture wars and protecting our kids from all the negative influences is a defensive strategy. And it's just not foolproof. It's not possible to protect them from every negative influence. Because Mm -hmm. for the first time in history, parents are replaceable. You can replace (laughs) their opinions with an online echo chamber. You can replace their allowance or income they give you with selling something online. You can replace your home by putting out a message on social media saying, where can I come and stay? 
But you Mm. can't replace that genuine desire in a kid's heart to be connected to their parents. We are wired to be wanted to be connected with our parents, just like we're wired to want to be connected with our Heavenly Father. And Mm -hmm. that's the secret. That's what parents need to go after, not to have this fear-based parenting where every time a new threat comes, oh, my gosh, there's fentanyl and Halloween candy now. You know, I mean, we're Mm. so scared about everything. If we build and have confidence in the strength of that relationship, they will stand the test of time. Mm. And I think what we're talking about, uh, the enemy started way back, even how we look at our grandparents and relationship, you know, to the uh, older or elderly, you know, there's been a separation between the generations. generations. Yeah. And now, like we see the, the rise in, the, you know, against like the parents, mm-hmm. you know, but I think it started like way back. And that that is a strategy of the enemy because there's protection in our uh, relationships with our elderly and yeah. also with our parents. And that's the protection that the enemy wants to pull away uh-huh. from, you know, the, the, the children uh, to be able to have access, like you're saying, to their minds. Because there's a wisdom in that. There, yeah. There's a wisdom in that connection and in that oversight. I'm wondering if there are specific ways uh, Dr. Peck, that we can, and maybe ensure is the wrong way, word, maybe it's too strong a word, but that, that we can aid in our kids wanting to receive wisdom from us. I know that there is, because of the fall, there's a natural inclination toward rebellion. Don't tell me what, you know, and then whatever, mm-hmm. fill in the blank there. But are there tools that we can implement um, that help us to reach our kids heart so that they will receive the wisdom that we believe the Lord's entrusted to us as well. I can share with you that secret, but it's going to step on some toes, mine Uh-oh. included for sure. <laughs> as parents, we, it's true. I'm just as guilty as anyone else. As parents, we have such little tolerance for long-term problems. And the truth is a lot of problems and struggles in teenager they don't go away overnight. And Mm. we as parents want to control their behavior. We Mm. want that immediate feedback loop. We want their behavior to be fixed right away. We want the problem to go away because that gives us assurance that, hey, we're doing a good job as a parent. And we need to let go of that and parent for the long game. I talk to so many parents across the country who say, my teen will not talk to me. I don't know what's going on in their life. It's so hard to initiate conversation. And I would say, keep trying. We Mm -hmm. treat parenting like Chia Pets. And, you know, if you ever had one of those as a kid, just, hey, let me just do a little effort, a little water, and by tomorrow it'll look great, right? Mm-hmm. No, it's like par- it's like growing a pineapple. That takes mm-hmm. an average of two years to grow. You're watering, mm-hmm. you're watering, you're putting it in the sun, and you see nothing. But our kids need to see the confidence in our eyes in the effort that we're putting in. They need to mm-hmm. see confidence that we know planting and harvesting do not happen in the same season and the seeds that we're planting today will bear fruit tomorrow they need to see that in us they need to know that we believe in them because we will believe in them before they're able to believe in themselves Mm. you know dr peck i think some of this really kind of goes back to when you talk about like the things that you've just listed here right this this idea that it should just be fixed overnight i think a lot of that parents do internalize as a reflection of whether or not they're doing well. And I think one of the things that we don't realize, and I want to get you to speak to this, is that our kids also internalize that. And and I I think, and even in conversations with some of my own children, I have experienced Mm -hmm. this, the shock, because when I hear it, I go, 
man, I can't believe you would think that for one second, but that there is a, there is the thought from our own kids that if they have an issue that we will think that we cause that issue and believe it or not, even though we say that our kids are immature, they actually are mature enough to know that they don't <laughs> want you to feel responsible for what they're struggling with. So I think because of that, they keep some things for a long time. How do we disarm them in that with like, how do we um, create the kind of environment where they know that they can tell us what they're struggling with and that we will not take that as some sort of personal reflection of, of who we are or of our parenting? I love this question, and this is actually a common misconception that I see about me as a healthcare provider, because mm. I have kids tell me stuff every single day that they haven't yet told their parents, and there's this conception like, oh, they're hiding it, they're trying to sneak around, you know, they're sitting and they're rebellious. No, the fact is they care so much about what their parents think of them. They mm. value their opinion. Me, they don't value my opinion of them. They just know that I might be able to connect them to resources, and I might be a safe space to kind of float this problem and see what's the reaction. Like, are my parents going to completely freak out, or is this, am I going to get some reassurance that says, hey, this is really not that big of a problem. Let me help you talk to your parents about it. And so we need to cultivate those relationships in their life with other trusted adults to say, this is someone you can go to and talk to about a problem if you feel like you can't talk to me. And then talk to that person and say, I am trusting you with my kid. This is mm -hmm. what I expect you to come and tell me about, you know, if they disclose this to you. And make mm -hmm. that to your kid, too. But give them some out. Give them a little space there to navigate that and recognize it comes from their tremendous love and respect for what you think and they don't want to admit when they mess up because they don't want to disappoint you mm, that's so good this is why i always say you know we've we've kind of debated back and forth in the christian community about this whole it takes a village and this is why i always say no i do believe that there is a village but i i'm gonna pick the village I, i'm gonna make sure <laughs> yeah. that the people who surround us are people that i wouldn't mind it if my kid went to them and said Hey, I have a question about this or, Hey, yeah. I, you know, you said this, or I struggling with this, or I came across this and I, I want to ask questions. It's so important for us to be responsible in that way. Before we go to the break here though, Dr. Peck, I want you to tell our listeners about how they can connect with you. We've got about a minute left and how they can hear your most recent podcast episode. Well, I'm so grateful to have a new podcast on American Family Radio. You can find mm. it anywhere podcasts are broadcast. It is the Dr. Nurse Mama podcast. That's my professor brain, hands-on nursing experience, and heart as a mom to come alongside you as a guide on the side. And you can find me also at drnursemama.com. Information about my book, Behind Closed Doors. I would love to connect with you on social media. Any of those places you can find me hanging out. Dr. Peck, thank you so much for making time to join thank us this you. week. We really do appreciate it. I would just like to also tell our listeners that pretty soon Dr. Peck will be adding princess to her resume. She has been officially identified <laughs> as a princess by our two-year-old, and we, we are not going to contend with him regarding that. Dr. Peck, thank you so much. We appreciate you. My favorite moment of the summer. Thanks so much, Will and Mickey. Y'all have a great time at camp. 
All right. right. God God bless you. you. That is drnursemama.com, drnursemama.com. You can learn more about Dr. Dr. Peck and connect with so much of her content. I will also tell our listeners that she's written a book. It's called Behind Closed Doors, a guide to help parents and teens navigate through life's toughest issues. And I want to recommend that you pick up a copy of that and just kind of let's let's have the tools that we have in our tool belt and let's use them. Zarin the Addison's American Family Radio. We'll take the break and we'll be right back. With temporary to eternal, eternal. With temporary to eternal, eternal. Welcome back to Aaron the Addisons. Excuse me, Aaron the Addisons. I'm sorry, guys. Aaron the Addisons on American Family Radio. Uh, we're out in the woods, kind of. Yeah, we out here. But, but can I say, like, seriously, people <laughs> no, are like, we well, that happens to you in the city, though, Mickey. It does. Like, I get, you know, the, the croaky frog throat thing. Um, and uh, honestly, let me just say, I have not battled with any allergies since I've been here. Praise the Not Lord. Not at all. Haven't you experienced the same thing? Yeah. Yeah. yeah okay. Been good. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Make, make, make much of him. Um, because like <laughs> normally like you get into a place where there's a lot of like trees and all of that. And I yes. guess it depends on where you are. It depends. Yes. But man, it attacks us like fierce and yeah. it, that hasn't yeah. happened. And it didn't happen last year either. By God's grace. By Amen. God's grace. And um, the mayflies are gone as well. They are. Uh, pretty much. You know. Pretty. Yeah. I mean, there's a, there's a marked difference now. And, <laughs> and like Miss Terry said, uh, you may see a few of them here and there, but mm-hmm. they they the solutions have worked and it's been amazing to see. Yeah. I almost feel bad driving them out of their area, but like you said, <laughs> Dominion. Hey, God has given us. Where's the organ? No, I'm just kidding. Um, <laughs> we're talking about biblical apologetics and we're spending time with kids. I wanted to say that because I was going to ask you about what you're talking about tonight. Mm-hmm. And um, but before I did that, I was going to issue a request to mm-hmm. our listeners that as the Holy Spirit leads you, when you think about us here for the week as we're broadcasting, mm-hmm. would you pray for not only us and not only the staff here at the refuge, but would you pray for the campers? Mm-hmm. Because being up close and personal, you understand that, man, number one, eternity hangs in the balance mm-hmm. for so many kids, right? The, the, the realization of like, I am the enemy of God, and there's such a battle there that that eyes would not be open. The enemy does not want eyes to be opened, mm-hmm. right? He wants um, a cultural Christ- Christianity to continue. That mm-hmm. well, I'm a part mm-hmm. of my youth group, right? Like I go to church. Right. Like my my parents are Christians. Like of course I'm a Christian, but God wants them to be saved. God Amen. wants them to truly Amen. come into relationship with Him and to have that relationship between themselves and Him. Like not yeah. just oh well, my parents, right? No, each one of us <laughs> will be accountable to God. And so there's great resistance to that. So I would ask that you would pray for the campers who are here. And there are camps happening all across the country, but we're here. So we're asking you to pray for these campers. We're also asking you to pray for the emotional attacks that Mm. are wrought upon our children. Mm. Man, I was saying this earlier. I don't remember, like in the 80s and 90s when I was growing up, and and you're, you're listening, you may be a different generation but I don't remember all of the severe emotional issues mm-hmm. that we see plaguing our kids today. Yeah. And I know that I may be oversimplifying that by saying that it's spiritual, but it's spiritual. It is. It's spiritual. I mean, there, there are attacks on our kids, on their minds, on the way they think. 
with dire effects. Mm-hmm. I'm not talking about they just have a bad day right. or they choose to skip a meal because they're just so upset. You mm. know what I mean? That's that's mild considering what we're looking at today right. where the end of that is that, well, the only solution for this is death. Mm. The only solution, you know what I mean? Yes, that that's it's, definitely it's spiritual. Harm to my physical body in some form or some fashion. Yes. And I think what we need, in fact, I'm convinced mm-hmm. that what we need is that we need prayer coverage from the body Amen. of Christ Amen. for our teenagers, for our yes. young people, because this is not going to happen just because we, t- we tell them, hey, don't do that. Hey, that's not good. Right. No, it's, it's these things are the things that are like, hey, prayer and fasting. Yeah. And we know that the enemy comes to steal, kill and destroy. Yeah. And so when you like some of these issues that have been. um uh, uh, just said to be, you know, on mental issues and things like that. You know, look, there's spiritual origins. That's right. Behind them. That's right. And I think we, as the people of God, we have to be wise enough and, and, and discerning enough yes. to say, okay, there's a root That's to this right. stuff. Now, That's right. you know, yeah, there may be something wrong, but there's a root to it. Mm-hmm. And I feel like a lot of times because we don't deal with the root and, and kind of like uh, pray in that, and that way mm-hmm. we, we, we miss it because, there's there's deliverance in jesus amen amen you know? he does set us free he amen. sets us free and i think we have to look at these issues that have uh, uh cropped up you know mm-hmm. like you said like it seems like there's so so many more yeah you know issues in this way and say man that's something happening you know it's i almost compare it to how we, how we were talking about the different things happening in the weather mm-hmm. we have to ask the question as believers why is that yeah it's yeah. not it's not climate change and this mm-hmm. and that man mm-hmm. that's something happening right and i think when we look at things like the weather patterns and we look at mental illness and we don't ask the prop proper question mm-hmm. of god like okay god what's going on man and usually at the root of it is sin we need to repent yeah that's something yeah. that's going on There's some type of stronghold yes yeah. that we need to you know need to be revealed that mm-hmm. we need to deal with and so so yeah i i, I believe we need to have discernment as believers, you know? Yeah, and can I say this too? I think this is so important for parents. I, I believe that the Lord has blessed us in the body of Christ that um, he has provided for us the things that we need. And and I don't mean to sound like Mr. O'Hare, but we really don't need to go outside of town to get what we need. We talk about the body <laughs> of Christ, like we have everything that we need. The Lord has set us up to win. And so I would say for parents who have kids, and I, I'd like to know your thoughts about yeah. this, Will the Great, but I would say for parents who have kids, who are struggling with some severe issues because there are severe issues. Mm -hmm. There are mental health issues that our kids are really struggling with. And for many of us as parents, we may feel sort of like, man, this is outside of my ability to help. Can I humbly, but like strongly suggest that you look within the body of Christ for those Mm -hmm. professionals. Mm -hmm. Now, now Mm -hmm. what am I saying? So I'm saying if your kid is going to be in counseling, you want biblical counselors. Amen. You do not want someone inculcating a secular worldview into your kid that you're asking to help with spiritual issues, that these are spiritual issues that are being dealt with. And I think where we often get it wrong is that somebody refers us to um, a professional and, and, well, this is the best person that I have found to do Mm -hmm. this. Mm -hmm. But the question is for us as a Christian do I want that person speaking to my kid about what my kid thinks and how my kid reacts mm-hmm. and responds? Or do I want the person who is going to both have this professional background, because this is a gift, mm-hmm. right? To be able to counsel and to be able to listen and to be able to reflect back what you're hearing, but also bring in God's word. Mm-hmm. This is a gift. 
And I think we have biblical counselors within the body of Christ that we really need to look to. And and I think parents don't realize Mm. that sometimes when they send their kids off to counseling, Mm -hmm. things intensify and get worse. And it's because often the kid is getting a mixed message. Yeah. We, yeah. we don't need just like to be psychoanalyzed. We really need mm. to get to the root, the spiritual root of the problem that our kid is dealing with. Mm-hmm. And I think that a, a biblical counselor yes. helps in ways that we can't even imagine. No, I agree. A biblical counselor, a therapist. You know, I'm thinking about, you know, our Nathaniel. He goes to therapy. He has a biblical, and, and yeah. has a, you know, Christian, a Christian therapist, Christian yes. therapist who, who does it. And But at the same time, we, we still pray that God will touch his mind is emotions we 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 utilize what god has given uh, as gifts to the body great point yes you know but at the same time we're still praying that god set them straight like the things that are off like and so i think that's dealing with the root at the same time you know as getting you know the things that's necessary to for practical living as well and 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 it's very important that we seek out christians and believers who god has given as a gift to the body to deal with a lot of these issues and and not so quickly just go to the world thinking that the world is a standard and they have better. Yes, that's what we think. And look, and and we don't need to be ashamed to ask that as a default question. Mm-hmm. Like when so when you have a person who says, "Oh, I know so and so would really be able to talk to your kid or you know, I've got this counselor or mm-hmm. this therapist." We don't need to be embarrassed to say is he or she a Christian? Mhm. Like that, that needs to be like our standard, right? Mm -hmm. Like that needs to be the rule that governs all of our engagement because it's not like somebody who's going to make a burger for you. Mm -hmm. It's not like someone who's going to repair, you know, your thermocouple or whatever (laughs) on your water heater. It's not like, sorry, I was just, you know, we had to have that. Um, But, but those things do not affect the way that I process things. Mm -hmm. Do you understand what Mm -hmm. I'm saying? This is why when, when the apostle Paul was faced with the question about like, can we eat the meat after it's been sacrificed to idols? And, and the apostle Paul is like, look, I mean, look, come on. Right. Mm -hmm. Like, yeah, you can eat the meat, you know, (laughs) but look, if it, if it, if it affects your conscience that you're eating this meat, then don't eat the meat. Right. 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 So, so yes, you don't need a Christian to make your burger Mm -hmm. and you don't need a Christian to repair your car. Mm-hmm. Although I would argue that when you can give you business should. to Christians, why not? You should. That's what I try to do. That's, <laughs> that's what I try to do. Why? Cause that's my people. That's my people, <laughs> right? We want to do good to all, but especially the household of faith. The mm-hmm. Bible says that. So mm-hmm. I want to, I want to do that. But I think specifically <laughs> kind of, you know, on, on, on track with what we're talking about here today. And I don't know. I just, I just felt like I needed to mention that it's mm-hmm. so important for us to, to stay within the family when we try to get help for our children because mm-hmm. our children are confused and they will come back rebelling against us. Why? Because when we talk to them mm-hmm. and I use this, you know, just sort of as an illustration, but we may be speaking to them in Psalms and hymns and spiritual songs. But when they go to the counselor, it's ideologies mm-hmm. and philosophies and man's wisdom. And so those things are in conflict Yeah, and those things can't be reconciled. So then they get home and you're like, wait a minute, I thought you're supposed to be getting better. Mm. And it depends on your definition of better, mm. because if they're getting more secularized, then that therapist would say, well, she is getting better. I'm mm. fixing her for you. Mm. But for you, biblically speaking, you're looking at this and you're like, this is not better. Right. You're not being you're not 
drawing closer to the Lord, like mm -hmm. you're moving away from truth. And I think we've got to come back mm -hmm. to wait, why is that happening? Do we have competing philosophies here? Mm -hmm. And I think if we really kind of boil that all down and look at it, we would be honest with ourselves and say a person who does not fear God and does not start with the authority of scripture, if that's not the springboard, mm -hmm. then um, uh, we, we can't trust them. Yeah. I, I can't trust you to, to counsel my kid if you don't begin with the authority of Scripture. So we got to understand, again, that these are spiritual matters. Yeah. And if we truly believe that, we will want to go to ones who are in the family to get to help or whatever. Yeah. Because these things are spiritually discerned. Like it's, you know, so if if we just believe that, oh, it's just a only just a mental thing and this, mm -hmm. you know, well, the temptation would be maybe just find somebody who can. But if we really understand that, man, there's a, a spiritual root mm -hmm. to these things. I think we would search for those right. who would be spiritual. That's right. And meaning, you know, Christians. That's right. <laughs> to, to help us to deal with these things. Yes. And God has given those gifts to the body. Yes, he absolutely has. And you're dealing with two things at once. Right. So those individuals who can actually deal with the physical aspects of that. There's the component of the body that is very real. And mm -hmm. as you mentioned, our son, Nathaniel, uh, the therapy that he receives. And oh, I am so grateful. I am so grateful that his therapist loves Jesus. Mm -hmm. I am so grateful that she is great at what she does mm -hmm. and she loves Jesus. Amen. And there's no compromise. It's not like, well, I got the Christian. She stinks at therapy, but she <laughs> loves Jesus. No, this, this is a testimony right. to our relationship with Jesus that we're excellent at what we do and that she loves him and she loves Jesus. And mm -hmm. this is a part of her ministry. This yeah. is what God Amen. has equipped her to do. And I think if we take that approach and we see it that way, um, it might keep us from some blunders. Yes. Before we run out of time though, tonight, Yes. What are you talking about with our youth here at Camp Refuge? Yes, we're going to be discussing uh, Race to Be Ready. We're going to mm -hmm. look at uh, Daniel and his companions and really what it, what it took for them to dwell in a uh, culture, Babylon, you know, uh, brought into a place where everything was changed, well, desiring to be changed mm -hmm. about them. Look, it sounds like America. I was going to say, yeah, yeah. And how they were able to stand, yeah. you know, uh, their resolve, you know, having surrounded themselves with uh, the proper companions. And I mean, it's funny because we talked about this today in one of the small groups, how bad company corrupt good morals. Yeah. And if you're in a Christian home, I'm, I'm sure your parents are trying to give you those good morals, trying to, you know, uh, uh, disciple you. Hopefully, you know, you're in church and things like that. But, man, I've seen it so many times where those good morals are canceled out because of bad company. Yeah. You know, yeah. well, we look at Daniel and his companions and they had each other. Mm -hmm. And so they were able to spur each other on. And so we're just going to talk about being raised to be ready in a culture that is against everything that you believe. And so uh, if you think about it, pray uh, for me uh, tonight. I desire that the Holy Spirit would speak and mm -hmm. be filled with the Spirit to speak uh, to our young people and that they would receive what God has for them. You know what I think is interesting about that and about the company that we keep and who surrounds us is that I think at one time for parents, we were looking for the physical people who walked into our living room and was like, hey, can I have some Doritos? You know what I mean? Like we were looking for the friends that were just like, they lived down the street or they were mm. around the corner or they were a part of the youth group. Mm. I think what makes it even more difficult for parents to survey and to be aware of our kids' company mm. um, is social media. Mm. It's yes. like, so who who are the influencers, right? Mm -hmm. Who are And everybody's clamoring to be an influencer. I'm, I'm developing this. I mentioned this when we were in uh, Virginia mm -hmm. at HEAV. 
And, um, and I was talking about the difference between an influencer and a leader. Mm. And I'm, I'm developing this and kind of unpacking this and, and the difference here. Mm-hmm. And I think so many of our kids are looking to the influencers mm. and that's a part of that corrupting good morals, yes. right? And so I think parents have to be on the lookout not only for the person that's in the texting box, mm-hmm. not only for the person that's in the youth group or the person that, hey, can I go hang out with? But it's also the person that like they're consuming their content at night when everything mm-hmm. kind of quiets down. That's right. Because that's those right. people actually have influence over our kids. Yes. And in many instances, unbeknownst to ourselves, those are competing philosophies, competing convictions mm-hmm. that we would do well to be aware of. That's right. So I'm looking forward to hearing your conversation tonight. Um, the audience has been great. Yes. Don't discount these kids. Man. They have the ability to listen Encouragement. and yes. to say back to you what they hear you saying. Mm-hmm. Very encouraging. All right. We're out of time. Until tomorrow, Lord willing. God bless.